It's time for a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hotsi. Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution podcast is brought to you by Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hotsi Pharmacy. Welcome to Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hotsey, founder of the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center. And we have back on the show today, Dr. William Davis, who's the author of several books, including Wheat Belly and Undoctored. So excited to have him back on the program today, Dr. Hotsey. Thank you so much, Stacey, and thank each one of you for joining us today. I believe that you and every individual needs to have a physician and a staff of professionals who have the wherewithal and the know-how to coach you onto a path of health and wellness naturally without using pharmaceutical drugs. That sounds heretical to the pharmaceutical industry and conventional medicine, but that's what I believe. Without pharmaceutical drugs, we can help you get on a path of health and wellness naturally so that you have energy, so that you have vitality and you're enthusiastic for life, and you're in a good and normal body weight and you feel like a million bucks. I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. There's no reason why you shouldn't be brimming with energy and be full of life. Let me just remind you the Bible story. Moses got his calling for his ministry at age 80. He lived 40 years, and he wandered around with the Jewish people who were hard-headed in the desert for 40 years. When he died at 120 years on Mount Debo, it says in the Bible, and this is Deuteronomy 34, 7, it says that Moses died, and when he died, he had sparkle in his eyes, and he was still full of vim and vigor. So that's what I would like each one of you. That's our goal for each one of you is to have sparkle in your eyes and full of vim and vigor while you're alive. We have on our program today a returning guest, Dr. William Davis, who's a cardiologist in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's in the Northerlands. We're down here in Houston. He's got to be two or 3,000 miles north of here. Glad to have him. He's, an in, he has, uh, he's a cardiologist, been an invasive cardiologist, but he had an aha moment in medicine back in the mid-2000s, 2003, 4, and 5, when he... Uh, when his mother had a heart attack, he was doing uh, angioplasties back then, you know, eight or ten a day, and all of a sudden his mother had a had a uh, heart attack after she had had an angioplasty several months before, and she just had a, a acute coronary and died. And that caused Dr. Davis to begin to question what could be done to prevent heart disease. And so, Dr. Davis, you discovered, what did you discover at that time? It well, so we, as you did, we started scanning people with heart scans and uncovering literally tons of hidden heart disease in everyday people. And the conventional answers, of course, do nothing to stop the progression of atherosclerotic plaque. These heart scan scores just keep, keep on going up and up and up. Right, but, and we're talking about uh, statin drugs don't stop coronary artery disease. Right, statin drugs don't do it. Aspirin doesn't do it. A low-fat diet is absurd. It does not do it. In fact, low-fat diets make it worse. If you watch metabolic markers and uh, lipoprotein testing, that is not cholesterol testing, but lipoprotein testing, the, the real test, you watch small LDL particles explode on a, on a low-fat diet. You watch HDL 
drop. You watch HDL become smaller and less effective in protecting you. You watch triglycerides go way up. You watch VLDL particles that lead to heart disease go way up. You watch after meal uh, patterns, lipoproteins, the, the particles that flood your blood bloodstream after a meal. You see that explode. In other words, a low-fat diet is the diet you follow to create heart disease. Right, and the opposite of uh, the other side of the coin of the low-fat diet is what has been promoted by not only the cardiologists, but by uh, the American Diabetic Society and by the federal government and by agribusiness, and that is eat a lot of grains, folks. Don't eat any fat. Eat a lot of grain products, and you'll be healthy. And, of course, what that causes is an explosion of obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, coronary artery disease, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, kidney disorders, degenerative arthritis, and cancer we see a dramatic rise in all these because we've changed our eating patterns from what historically humans have eaten for tens of thousands of years. And so in your book, you write about, uh, in your book, Wheat Belly, and again, you have a chapter on it in Undoctored, and it's an excellent synopsis about why human beings should not be eating wheat products or grain products or any products derived from grass. Now, this sounds heretical. Who doesn't love a good hot biscuit or a good buttered roll with honey on it? I mean, I love sourdough bread. I could eat a loaf of that, you know, every night with butter. But I know it's not healthy for me, so I don't. But we've all grown up eating, you know, the rolls, the cookies, the cakes, the birthday cakes. Everybody, our... Our 70% of all our calories are coming from simple carbohydrates, mostly from wheat, wheat products and corn products in our diet. And so what we're going to talk about today is going to be, to some of you, upsetting because you're going to go, I can't do that. But what Dr. Davis is going to talk about, and I fully agree with, is the danger, the severe danger to your health of eating wheat products. That's pizza, pasta, cookies, cakes, tortillas, anything made from wheat products, batter and all that, how dangerous that is for your health long-term. So doctor, tell us about wheat. What happened? Why? What's wrong with wheat? We've been eating it for 10,000 years. Haven't we adjusted to it? What's going on? We, we can take up three shows just on that topic, but it, boiling it down to the essentials. So wheat is a grass, of course. And right. so what we've been told is to consume the seeds of grasses. That's what wheat is. That's what corn is, rice, millet, sorghum, etc. And just as you can't cut your lawn every summer and save the clippings and toss on top of a salad, no one does that, of course. But you got to wonder, why not? It's green. It's a plant like spinach or kale. But of course, if somebody did, and people have done this in times of desperation and war, uh, you throw it up, you have diarrhea, abdominal cramps, and the grass comes out the other end fully intact. In other words, humans lack the digestive enzymes to break down the proteins in grasses or any component of grasses. And that's true of the seeds. And so, for instance, there's a protein called wheat germ agglutinin. It's called agglutinin because when it contacts blood, it causes clotting or agglutination. Well, this protein, wheat germ agglutinin, passes through the entire gastrointestinal tract intact. It's not touched at all. And but in its passage from mouth to toilet, it's highly uh, uh, inflammatory. It's very, very toxic to the gastrointestinal lining. It also blocks pancreatic release of enzymes and it blocks 
releases bile acid from the uh, gallbladder. So it disrupts digestion, and that has all kinds of consequences. The gliadin protein of wheat is only partially digested. See, if, if as you know, if I eat a pork chop or a steak or an egg, uh, you break the proteins down to single amino acids. When you consume the gliadin protein of wheat, it's broken down to four or five amino acid long peptides. But those peptides are very unique. They cross into the brain and they bind to the opiate receptors and they stimulate appetite. So people who consume grains are stimulated to eat all the time. These are the people who have a big bowl of pasta or spaghetti, have a bursting full stomach, and they say they're still hungry. Very unnatural. That's the gliadin protein. Now, I, I want to underscore what Dr. Davis said. The gliadin, which is a type of protein found in wheat, really in the gluten molecule, or in the, it's associated with the gluten, uh, when it breaks down, it, it's a protein, and proteins from animals, you break those down into single amino acids. And I think you do the same from uh, proteins from beans as well. Is that not true? Right, exactly. Yeah, right. But, but the, grain, the proteins that are in grasses, we don't have the digestive enzymes to be able to break them down into single amino acids. Single amino acids hooked together create peptides, which are hooked together, and they create proteins. So you have peptides, which is a series of amino acids hooked together that the body can't digest. It comes from the gliadin. They cross because this causes a leaky gut syndrome because you've got, you've got the wheat germ gluten in and uh, the, other, the other products, the gluten and all this. Uh, these proteins cause damage to the lining of the, in, of the intestine, which allow these, these molecules to cross into the bloodstream. The body has autoimmune reaction to it. It makes antibodies towards it. But they float in the blood, and they will bind to opiate receptors. These are the receptors that heroin and morphine and, and codeine and these various drugs that are mind-altering, painkillers oftentimes, that, uh, that bind, to the, they bind to the opiate receptors, like opium. That's what we're talking about, opiate, where, where opium would bind. And so these molecules of gliadin bind to that, and so the brain gets very addicted to that, and it turns on the hunger aspect and the appetite. It increases the appetite. So when you eat this and try to come off of it, you're immediately hungry, and then you're hungry, and you've got to have something to eat. And what do you need? You need another donut or another roll or another cookie, and that's what you're eating all day long, which is increasing, which is increasing your blood sugar level. And... That is another problem. We'll come to that in just a minute about glycation, and that's very important. But but we want to talk about the gluten and the amylopectin and, and uh, the phytates and what those do. And these are some other products that are within the wheat, uh, within wheat that you need to know about that are very dangerous to your health. Remember, grass. We were not made to digest grass products. We can't do it, and they cause a host of health problems in our gut. So to, why don't you talk to us about the gluten, Doc? Sure. So people, uh, you know, gluten's a bit of a dangerous word because people sometimes hear gluten. They think that gluten-free must therefore be good. So as, as we know, the food industry has done a lot of harm to the American health and, and weight because they will take advantage of any kind of misconception that they can find. One of the things they've jumped onto to the tune of many billions of dollars every year is this movement to remove, as they say, gluten. Uh, so when people remove gluten, whether they do it for personal reasons or celiac disease or, uh, or uh, gluten intolerance or whatever, 
they'll see that they can buy gluten-free pizza crust and pies and cookies and muffins and baking uh, mixes. Well, those mixes are made with, or those products are made with cornstarch, rice flour, tapioca starch, and potato flour, which are horrible. In, the, in raising blood sugar, very few foods raise blood sugar higher than wheat products. They're, they have among the highest glycemic indexes of all. There's only a handful of foods that have an even higher glycemic index than wheat. Corn. Corn starch, rice flour, tapioca starch, and potato <laughs> right. flour. It's like a cruel joke. But when you peel back the curtains, you also realize that those gluten-free products are also coming from the grain industry in a large part. So a lot of this has to do with the shenanigans of big food, but particularly the grain industry that to, to, to uh, protect their franchise, right, and so uh, and so when we talk, so fo- folks, the bottom line on this is, you're not okay if you eat gluten-free products because gluten-free products contain are made from cornstarch, potato starch, rice starch, tapioca starch, which have a high glycemic index, which means that within an hour of putting them in your body, it dramatically raises your blood sugar. In fact, I think. Corn raises your blood sugar higher, and so does wheat, higher than a tablespoon of sugar. It's very, it it causes your body to create sugar. And remember what sugar does. Sugar is highly inflammatory. It increases your insulin production from your pancreas. Insulin in and of itself can be uh, pro-inflammatory as well as the sugar. And when you have high levels of sugar and you have high levels of insulin, you get insulin resistance. And so the body has got all the sugar floating around. It doesn't like it. It's got to deposit it. It deposits into fat. And then the elevated sugar in your blood also binds to proteins. Why don't you talk about the glycation? This is called glycation. It's the binding of sugar molecule to proteins in your body. So talk about that, doctor. Sure. So uh, the amylopectin A, the unique carbohydrate of wheat and related grains, you know, dietitians and nutritionists tell us that the uh, complex carbohydrates of grains are better for you than simple sugars. Well, that's not true, as you know. Right. Amylopectin A is very digestible because we have amylase enzyme in the stomach and the uh, mouth. It's the exception to the rule that grasses are indigestible. The amylopectin A is highly digestible, and that's why it raises blood sugar higher ounce for ounce more than table sugar and so as you as you point out whenever you have a high blood sugar above really 100 milligrams you start to glycate proteins meaning you glucose modify proteins and that's an irreversible process and it causes essentially just garbage it causes gunk that gunk that accumulates could be in your uh, the lenses of your eyes that leads to the opacities that is cataracts it could be uh, the LDL particles in your bloodstream the small LDL particles making small LDL particles much worse because they're now glycated and oxidized, and they're perfect for causing heart disease, glycate skin, and you get age spots and wrinkles and thinning skin. It can glycate the cartilage uh, proteins and cells in your knees and hips, and it causes brittle cartilage that breaks down and leads to arthritis. <laughs> in other words, all the phenomena of aging are accelerated by consumption of grains and gluten-free products <clears throat> because of the high blood glucose that results. So the, the easy remedy, of course, is just don't eat those things. Well, that's exactly right. And we want to mention, too, also the allergic effect that, or the allergy effect that grain products can have with the uh, alpha amylase inhibitors. Um, so why don't you mention that and how that affects allergies? Yeah, there's there's probably several dozen 
uh, proteins in uh, wheat and related grains that cause allergy. Allergy could express itself as asthma, as chronic sinusitis, as stomach aches, as acid reflux, uh, skin rashes can show up in all different kinds of ways. And it's gotten worse because agribusiness has modified so many proteins. So I should point out that modern wheat is not what you think it is. It's an 18 inch tall, short, stocky plant with a very large seed head, very large seeds. Um, they did this so it would uh, resist being blown over in the wind. They did it for agricultural reasons, not for health reasons, but they altered so many of the proteins. And by the way, one of the big changes is they changed the structure of the gliadin protein such that those small peptides that result from partial digestion are more powerful opioids now, and they stimulate appetite even more. And I believe that's why in the late 1980s, the food industry caught on to this in observing people's eating behavior and started to put wheat flour in some form in virtually all processed foods because they recognized it was a very potent appetite stimulant. So a lot of the changes introduced into the plant by agribusiness have added to the allergy effect. And then there's the other effect that you pointed out earlier before we came on the air, and that is uh, wheat and grains and sugars cultivate fungal growth as well as uh, other changes in the microbiome. But when you have fungal growth, intestinal fungal growth, especially when it ascends up from the colon into the ileum, jejunum, duodenum stomach, it starts to introduce a whole new set of allergic phenomena. Right. So it's a double whammy. Right. And that's, uh, that is caused commonly by the use of antibiotics. Whenever you take antibiotics for an infection, say you got a sinus infection, you got bronchitis, you got a strep throat or or the doctor just says, we're just going to cover you with a few antibiotics to make sure, you know, we take care of you. And they throw the antibiotics at you like it's candy. Well, those antibiotics are meant to kill abnormal, unhealthy bacteria. But unfortunately, our body is full of good, healthy bacteria, and it adversely affects the, we call it the microbiome, the microbiology in the gut, in the, in the intestine, primarily the large intestine, really should be the only part of the intestine that has Bacteria, and we can have good, healthy bacteria there, lactobacillus, bifidum, and, and scores of others. There's also some yeast there, but when you kill the good, healthy bacteria, then you get a yeast overgrowth. So commonly, because I did, uh, we've done a host of allergy uh, in our office, we've seen people that have had recurrent chronic sinus infections, so the women will commonly come in and complain, not only do they have allergy, but they have recurrent vaginal yeast infections. Well, that came from the use of the antibiotics. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was doing family medicine back in the 80s, when I would tell a woman I was going to give her antibiotics, she said, well, you got to give me some uh, monostatin at the same time. I've got to take it. You've heard that too, you know. So yes. that was because it caused, it killed the normal good healthy bacteria in the, in the vagina and yeast would overgrow, so they get yeast problems. There's another problem. There's another uh, molecule in wheat called phytates. Explain what that does to the minerals that we uh, need to digest, like iron and selenium and magnesium, etc. It's amazing, isn't it, that we've been told as a nation that we should include grains, wheat and grains, in every meal, every snack, because they have B vitamins and other nutrients. And as you know, the opposite is true. Yeah, there's, there's B vitamins and nutrients in there, but grains actually cause substantial nutritional deficiencies because of those phytates. As you point out, they bind minerals in your gut and you pass them out in the toilet. So it binds calcium, magnesium, zinc, iron, and others. But I, I've seen, as I'm sure you've seen, lots of people, mostly women oddly, who have 
uh, iron deficiency anemia. They have hemoglobins of seven or eight. They're cold and tired all the time. And you give them iron supplements. It does. They don't respond. You give them iron injections. They still don't respond. They get periodic transfusions. It ruins their lives. They get bone marrow biopsies. And within two weeks of stopping all grains, their hemoglobins are 14. They're back to normal. It, that that's how profound these phytates can be. Magnesium deficiency, of course, is is rampant because we also filter our water of all and remove all magnesium, and so you get the magnesium binding of phytates in the gut, passing it out to the toilet, and then you also have water that has is devoid of magnesium. So it causes profound magnesium deficiency that leads to hypertension, heart rhythm disorders, heart disease, um, uh, worse blood sugars, insulin resistance, etc. So there's a whole range of nutritional deficiencies that develop. You know, the, the World Health Organization has known this for decades because they know that if there's a problem, say, in Ethiopia or someplace like that, and they'll fly in wheat flour or wheat seeds as well as corn and soy, and they know that they're going to have to uh, take care of all the kids who have profound nutritional deficiencies and stop growing and have impaired learning from eating those foods. So the World Health Organization has known this for decades. Right. Well, this this gives you, I hope, enough information that you will eliminate from your eating program wheat, wheat products, uh, and products that contain gluten. And that would be barley and rye and pumpernickel, all the delicious breads. Just eliminate them. You just got to get rid of them. Uh, also, you want to eliminate corn. You want to eliminate potato and rice products. They are all, they contain amylopectin B, which can quickly converts to sugar, raises your sugar level, causes the glycation of proteins, which leads to everything from coronary artery disease, degenerative arthritis, to Alzheimer's and dementia. All these are huge problems, and they're preventable. But you know what? We need to listen to the father of medicine. Hippocrates said, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. Now, I've been practicing since 1976, and I am more convinced today than ever how important the foundational aspect is of a healthy, optimal eating program. So we don't recommend anybody go on a diet, and I don't recommend anybody ever do a diet. Diets are something you stop and start. An optimal, healthy eating program is the way you live your life, like um, uh, one of the famous authors, and I'm blanking on his name, I think it's Furman, said, learn how to eat to live rather than live to eat. And once you do that, it will change your life. It will improve your health dramatically so that you can have a life-changing health experience just by eliminating wheat and wheat products. Doesn't that sound crazy? But it's so simple. Why doesn't every doctor tell us what Dr. Davidson write about this? Every doctor ought to read your book. Every one of the cardiologists ought to read your book. There's another cardiologist that I highly admire uh, who, who I put on at the same stand as you, and I'm sure you know Dr. Stephen Sinatra. And you know Dr. Sinatra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's, he's another uh, cardiologist who has completely switched his practice over time to adopt natural approaches to health, abandoning cholesterol drugs, and this whole idea that cholesterol is a cause of heart disease, and it's not. So uh, there are cardiologists. We're talking about board-certified cardiologists that used to do conventional medicine, that did all the standard procedures and basic procedures where they made a bunch of money on that. They also did, uh, gave all the, all the medication, all the heart medication. 
but they found that through changing a person's eating program, eating lifestyle, and if they would make an, a change to optimal healthy eating we've talked about, which is elimination of, of your wheat products and any other grain products, barley and rye and pumpernickel, elimination of corn, potatoes and rice, that had a dramatic improvement in a person's health. Now, you can say, what do you eat? Well, let's talk about what we eat, Doc. What You know, people go like, gosh, if I can't eat that, <laughs> what am I going to eat? Well, let me mention something to you, folks. If you eliminate this, these these products have, when you eliminate wheat and these other products, because they have gliadin, and gliadin attaches to the opiate receptors in your brain, when you stop them, you can feel really bad. You get headaches, you can get nausea, you get aches and pains, you get cravings. It, it's like coming off dope. And so I used to, we used to call it a Herxheimer reaction is what we call it. When we say, well, this is doing to yeast die off, but it's really not. I don't think, I think, and it may be a combination, but a lot of it is the withdrawal you're having from the opiate-like substance gliadin that's in the, uh, in the wheat. And that can cause a host of problems. And some people, when you go ketogenic, they call it a ketogenic flu. You've heard that term probably. But I think all of this is the withdrawal of, of wheat and other grain products from the diet and the fact that they cause withdrawal from the opiate-like effect they have on the brain. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I see this day in, day out. It's, it's, it's an opiate withdrawal syndrome, headache, nausea, uh, depression, suicidal thoughts. It can be pretty rough for about five, six, seven days. Right. So be ready to go through that, folks. But once you get through it, you start feeling so good. And then what we recommend is, is a, uh, uh, an eating program that's higher in good, healthy oils and fats, eggs, butter, avocados, nuts, fish oil, coconut oil, olive oil, um, uh, healthy uh, hard cheeses that's good put a lot of that in your diet i like to explain it like this fat, those are fats and fats convert to ketones in your body and your in your power plants within your cells and everybody has power plants in their cells to create energy they're called mitochondria think back to your biology in high school so those mitochondria are producing electrical energy from the nutrients you eat from your hormones from your vitamins and minerals but they need a fuel and the fuel is either going to be sugar, glucose, or it's going to be ketones, which come from fat. If you use sugar, you're like it's like taking your fireplace and 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 using uh, your your daily newspaper to start the fire and keep it going. It burns up quickly, and you keep having to throw paper on. The wife says, "Honey, why don't you quit throwing paper on the fire? Why don't you just put a log on the fire? It burns slowly. Well, the logs like like fat. It's like the ketones. It burns slow and it satisfies." So when you eat an eating program that's higher in natural oils and fats, I recommend cod liver oil. I, I take two tablespoons of cod liver oil every day because it's high in DHA and EPA, and those are essential omega-3 fatty acids that are so important for brain function. You ought to be giving that to your kids. Teaspoon a day, moms. Give your kids a teaspoon of cod liver oil or some natural fish oil every day. That will help their brains develop well. Also give them vitamin D3. That's very important for brain health in kids and, and as well as immune system health. So this, this is the way that you have, to, you have to eat. This is the way you've got to change, have a mindset in your brain so you can do a 180 and take charge of your health. If you do that, 
then all the diseases that Dr. D- uh, Dr. Davis has listed that come from eating wheat, and that's the obesity, that's the pre-diabetic and diabetic syndrome, high blood pressure, heart disease, kidney disorder, degenerative arthritis, uh, irritable bowel syndromes, uh, gastroesophageal reflux, dementia, Alzheimer's, cancer, all these can be eliminated or dramatically decreased in incidence. So, Doctor, your your work has has been tremendous tremendous on this, and we are so proud of you and grateful to you, and congratulate you on your marvelous success and for having the courage of your convictions to write these books. Because I know it comes, you know, it, it, I know it's got to come uh, at a cost, you know, in, 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 with with uh, people within the medical profession. Well, thank you for recognizing that because I'm sure you're in the same uh, boat. I, I would point, point out because people, once they hear this nutritional message, they get scared. They say, what do you mean? No more pizza? What about birthday cakes for my kids? What about holidays? Can I still make stuffing and, can, and uh, biscuits and gravy? So one of the things I do is I show people how to recreate those foods. And you can recreate almost anything with benign, healthy ingredients like almond flour, coconut right. flour, ground golden flaxseed, and others. And you can have a delicious pizza, a delicious, wonderful cheesecake. You can have stuffing and, and biscuits and gravy at, at Thanksgiving and ho- other holidays. So that's also in the uh, Wheat Belly and Undocked Conversations. Right, and, and that's, uh, that's a key point. You know, you can use – let me mention something. I'm going to give a plug for stevia. That's a natural sweetener from the stevia leaf. We can use that. And when we have uh, uh, parties and we have guests over, we have their catering service make stevia cheesecake. Cheese is, as you probably know, it's very ketogenic. So we use uh, stevia cheesecake, and they put an almond crust on the bottom of it, and it's just delicious. In fact, there's I've told I'm told there's ice cream out there that's made with stevia. So uh, I'd like to try it, but I don't know. We don't have it at any of the stores here. Somebody in Wisconsin, though, I read. Uh, I don't know if you know about it, but there are two ladies in Wisconsin that have stevia ice cream. I don't know if you've heard about it or try it, but it, uh, I haven't had ice cream in so long, and I love ice cream. But it's got corn syrup in it, folks, and that's not good for you. It raises your sugar level. Well, listen, Dr. William Davis, thank you so very much. Well, for, thank you for having me. Thank you for the leadership you provided for those of us uh, physicians and uh, practitioners in the medical profession that you provided this great leadership and given us this wonderful asset, this book, Wheat Belly, which I want to encourage each one of our listeners to go out and buy this book. Tell us how we can go to your website, doctor. Uh, the, the books are on Amazon. They're at all major bookstores. There's also ongoing conversations and expansion of the conversation on my Wheat Belly blog, the Wheat Belly Facebook page. There's a Wheat Belly 10 Day Grain Detox private Facebook page that you can join. There's also Undoctored Facebook page, Undoctored blog. Great. So be sure to go to that and follow Dr. Davis. Again, Dr. Davis, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you. And My, my pleasure. Really fantastic information. If you would like more information on how to do a 180, take charge of your health, then you can give us a call at 281-698-8698 for a complimentary consultation. That's 281-698-8698. Thank you for joining us today at Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution. A special thanks to Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hoetze Pharmacy proud sponsor of Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution podcast.
Information provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution radio program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.